This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is probably supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Welcome to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman. On a special episode, I'll be talking to Peter Sixsmith from Salute Sunderland. He's on to give us the opposition view of this match between Fulham and Sunderland. We have much to discuss before I go on any further. I have to welcome my guest to the show. Peter, welcome to Cottage Talk. Thank you very much, Russell. It's nice to hear from you, and uh, thank you for asking me on. Well, listen, there are so many things that I want to ask you about, so I look forward to doing this show with you. And uh, let's start right from the beginning about the season for Sunderland, obviously, it's a major disappointment dealing with relegation. So please just give me an overall view of uh, your season and basically what went wrong. Uh, well, we haven't got time to discuss how <laughs> what's gone wrong. We'll be here until uh, probably doomsday. Um, it's, it's really the, the culmination of just five years of abject management uh, on the field and particularly off the field. Um, and it's all come home to roost this year. There were there were serious problems at the back end of last season uh, when we were relegated from the Premier League. Those problems were nowhere near addressed. And um, it's almost been a perfect storm this year in that everything that could have gone wrong has gone wrong. Um, the, 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 owners, the owners lost interest. Um, the chief executive has been given the job of uh, cutting, his, uh, cutting costs left, right and centre. Good players have left. Wholly inadequate players have been brought in, and um, by I, I think thirty by February rele- relegation was inevitable. Um, I could probably track it back to October, actually, when I really started to get worried about going down. But by the end of the transfer window, it was obvious that we would not survive, and uh, we haven't. So, so basically, that's it. Um, poor old. If you want to point the finger at one. Uh, Aspect in particular, the the ownership of the club has been lamentable for the last uh, four years, and the American owner Ellis Short has lost interest. He's 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 not put any more money into the club. He's keeping the club going because without that, we'd be in administration and probably playing in another div- in uh, maybe even outside of the football league. Um, so it's a very very serious and very grim situation for us. 
Well, that sounds horrible. It, it is. <laughs> it really does. And, and what's funny, something that you said really reigns true. If you don't have support from ownership, it goes hand in hand. It's going to affect what's on the pitch, and obviously it has. So you saw this coming a, a while back. As I say, I mean, there was, we've had little flourishes of hope under both Simon Grayson and Chris Coleman. Um, but I can, you know, the, 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 we, we hope to get something out of the transfer window that might lift us. There was absolutely zero money available. Um, Chris Coleman was, had, was told he had to go into the loan market. I'm afraid that no, at the moment no, no um, half-decent player would even consider coming to the club because of the toxic atmosphere that's about around it. He ended up bringing in players who were hopelessly inadequate, a goalkeeper, um, a defender, a midfield player, two forwards, Not, none of whom have contributed anything at all. We lost the first game after the transfer window to an, a very, very average Ipswich side, and my feeling after that was that we cannot stay up. There's been little flourishes since then, but nothing of any nothing of any value. Well, let me ask you this, because um, I'm hoping for your sake that you have a Wolves situation where they went down to League One, they got relegated twice, and obviously they're on their way back up. Is this a situation now that you're looking to basically clean house, get as rock bottom as you can, and then build yourself back up? Can you see Sunderland being able to do that in a year or two? Um, they need a new owner uh, who is okay. desperately trying to sell the club. I mean, he's made a lot of he's made a lot of mistakes. I think he came in with with good intentions, but he's not a football man. He didn't know anything. He didn't know anything about the game. He had no background in professional sport, as your owner has. Um, and he just thought that he was a it was a bit of it, it would be good fun. It would be good status. He's an extremely rich man, but he's not prepared to put any more money in. The debts are horrendous, so anybody coming in to buy the club inherits a debt of in excess of £100 million, and with television money now negligible. Yeah. Um, I, I, don't, I don't see Sunderland. I'm 67, and I would be d- delighted, I would be, I'd be very, very surprised if we got back into the Premier League in my lifetime. Wow. That sounds pretty bad there, Peter, and I, and I, pretty, I hope you're wrong because, because I would like to see Sunderland back. Well, we, you, like know, we've, you, you reap what you sow, and, and that's what we're doing now. Okay. Well, all right, my friend, let's, uh, let's get into this. And you mentioned Simon Grayson, so I definitely want to get your impression of Simon Grayson. I remember him at Preston North End and thought he was a very good manager there. Let's talk about what went wrong at Sunderland. Um, out, out, out of his depth with the club, I'm afraid. Um, uh, not fully aware of the mess that he was walking into after David Moyes wasn't given time to put a squad together he wasn't the first choice first choice was the Aberdeen manager Derek McInnes who turned it down Uh, Grayson was second choice I don't think he was particularly worried about that but um, he he, he just could not deal with the situation that the club was in he was given approximately £2 million to spend on players, and that included contracts. Um, looked around, brought in one or two that he knew, borrowed players from other clubs, um, but just, just could not could not deal with it. Did not sign a good goalkeeper. We've struggled with goalkeepers all season. And um, just, just out of his depth. Decent man, but out of his depth. Um, and he struggled a little bit at Bradford since he went there although they have turned around the last uh, three or four weeks. 
Okay, very good there. Peter, let's now move on and let's talk about Chris Coleman and uh, his assistants, Kit Simons, both former Fulham players. And, uh, again, we, you know, it's funny. I, I wanted to see them succeed. Former Fulham players wanted to see them turn around Sunderland. So let's talk about the current manager and his time as manager. Um, he's done he's, – he's had a – when he came, he was seen as a potential saviour, and he's a very, very good talker, very eloquent and loquacious Welshman, as many of them are. Talks a good game, seems to get the club, which I think is quite important, understands what the club's about. He's a working-class lad himself from Swansea. He's come to a club in a very working-class area, very different from Fulham. Um, but um, has made errors. Uh, tactically, I'm not entirely convinced by him with his playing three at the back doesn't use his substitutes particularly well but I don't think we can judge him on the, on this season I think any judgment will be at the end of next season if he stays if you know depending on who the new owner is they may want to bring in their own manager he may not want to stay he said that he does and I believe that but the situation may be such that he feels that he can't do anything Kit Simons, I don't know very much about. Unfortunately, he was—he got the first view of the team in a game against Millwall, when both goalkeepers turned in the most abysmal performances. Um, the Millwall goalkeeper gave two goals to us, and our goalkeeper, a Dutchman called Robin Reuter, decided that he would throw two Millwall free kicks into the box. And I'm amazed that Simons didn't uh, didn't ring Coleman and say, "I don't think this is a very good career move, Chris. I think this is going to be difficult." So they they look as if they might you know they're planning for division for division one, but whether they're still there in, at the beginning of next season, I don't know. I would like them to stay. We desperately need stability. We seem to have a manager who who has um, a bit of affection for the club, but um, who knows? Who knows, uh, Russell? Because I don't. <laughs> okay. Well, he obviously came for a reason, Peter, and. Uh... For your sake, I'd like him to stay. I'd like him to stay and uh, turn. Uh, I think he was offered. Around. He was offered. A, 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 he was offered. A, he obviously it was time for him to leave Wales. That was accepted. Yeah. Uh, he'd done as much as he could there. Um, he, he was. He, he, some people are saying, well, if he'd waited, he might have got the West Brom job, which he might have done. But I think he saw this as something that, as a pro. As a, I don't like the word project. He saw. The, so I won't use it. But he saw this as a club that he could. He, he, he could stamp his own identity on, and he was a. Club How about a challenge? Would that identity. be a good word? How about the word challenge, Peter? Would that be a good way to? And a again? challenge, yes. I think he saw it as a very as, as a, a challenge as big as the one that he had at Wales, you know, where he took an underperforming nation and turned them into something that was quite special. But he did have Gareth Bale and Aaron Ramsey in Wales, and unfortunately, he didn't have those at Sunderland. Okay, Peter, let's uh, move on. Let's talk about the first time the clubs played. And uh, this actually was a huge victory for Sunderland at the time. I believe it was the first time you won in about a year at the stadium. Home game we'd won for a year, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So um, looking back at it, what can we learn anything from it? No, I don't think so. Um, I think you were... You, you were on the probably mid-table at that time, probably just push. I didn't see the game, to be honest, Russell. I work in December. I work uh, four Saturdays in December in a restaurant, so I didn't get to that one. Um, we won it towards the end with a goal from a young forward who'd come on as substitute, promising young forward. 
uh, called Josh Madger, who I think had been on Fulham's books at one stage. That's correct. Um, but I don't think, and 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 we saw, we I saw, you know, we thought that's 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 the turning point. That's what we need. Uh, we've got the we've got the monkey off our backs. Uh, next week we play Birmingham City, beat them, and we'll be all right. And of course we managed a draw against ten man Birmingham. So it was another it was a yet another false dawn. Um, so I wouldn't read too much into that. You may regret the three points that you dropped there at the end of the season. Um, it didn't make one iota of difference to us. Okay, very good there. All right. Peter, real quick, let's talk about strengths and weaknesses uh, of Sunderland, obviously. <laughs> strengths. It, it, hasn't, it hasn't been the greatest this season. I will mention this on whoscore.com, which is a very good website. They list characteristics of every team, and this is what they say about Sunderland, and they do have strengths. Seriously, they do. And this is what they say, coming back from losing positions, creating chances through individual skill, stealing the ball from the opposition. This is what they say is weaknesses. Avoiding fouling in dangerous areas, defending against long shots, aerial duels, defending counterattacks, defending set pieces, avoiding individual errors, defending against attacks down the wings. Now, this is what it says is style. Take long shots, attack down the right, aggressive, rotating their first 11 and playing in their own half. Okay, so I just gave you a bunch of information. Does any of that reign true for Sunderland, or do you have a different strengths and weaknesses that you want to share? I don't think I don't think we have many strengths at all. Um, okay. I think we work. I think we work. We've certainly played better in the last few weeks since uh, I think Coleman's decided what his what he, what his best team is. Um, but the strengths is you know we can't hold on to a lead. We can't. Um, what what that doesn't what 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 that, that that's a that's a pretty detailed list. Um, it doesn't say that we panic. We panic. We panic when we're a goal up. We panic towards the end of a game. It does say that we are poor at set pieces. So I would imagine that Mitrovic will have an absolute field day on Friday night. I think Mitrovic will frighten our defenders, seriously frighten our defenders. Um, and that's a great worry. One of the benefits of being relegated on Saturday was that Mitrovic did not relegate us because he's a Newcastle player, as you know. Yeah. And that would have been the ultimate insult to be relegated by Newcastle by by somebody who plays for Newcastle. So uh, we've we've we've, uh, we've dodged that bullet. But we, we've we've shown no strength all season. The weaknesses are many. Um, there's nothing good at all that's come out of this season with the possible exception of a couple of younger players who've come through and um, I've I've been going since 1960, regularly since 1963 and I've never seen such a poor side Wow Let me ask you this because there's a theory from some film supporters that I've seen on social media (laughs) that you play with freedom that since you've been relegated you have nothing to lose. Oh, we, we, we're not we're not good enough to do that, Russell. We're just not good enough. We 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 creak at the back. You know, thirty-six-year-old John O'Shea has played nearly every game this season. Um, the other centre half, Laminier Corny, injured himself on Saturday, so he probably won't play. The full-backs are poor. The, you know, the, the midfield players will be busy, but they're not very good. And you know, really, I I I have no. If we keep it down to three 0 I'd be I'd be pleasantly surprised. Okay. Well, let me ask you this. What, what do you think will be Coleman's strategy against Fulham? 
he he knows Fulham well, so I'm curious. What, what do you think will be his strategy? I, I don't think it matters, Russell. I, I just don't think. I think all okay. he can. He, he, I, I don't think he can look at the other side seriously. I think he's got to look at his own team and say so we're going to play. We're going to play. Um, we'll, we'll play four-two-three-one. Uh, we have to play to that system. We play to that system to the best of our ability. We make sure that we do simple things like market corners and free kicks we try not to give free kicks away and i don't think he can do anything else because he just doesn't have the players available to switch things around okay all right let's now um talk about again as we're as we're looking forward to this match you pretty much have laid out the you don't feel confident from a Sunderland perspective on this and i i understand why uh let me ask you you know as someone as an outsider which players concern you for this match in general. I think you've already mentioned Mitrovic, but as someone that watches football, what other foam players catch your eye? I'm curious. Sessegnon's brilliant. Sessegnon's a brilliant player. I've, I've, I saw him play for um, I saw him play for um, uh, Fulham's um, youth team last season in a, in a FA Youth Cup game against Middlesbrough, uh, and he'd have to play, and he was absolutely outstanding. Um, and I think that his pace will, 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 will take us. I think Kane is a good player. Mitrovic is, is a bully, um, but he's very, very effective at what he does. And he's shown, he's certainly shown this season that at championship level, he's a, probably probably the most dangerous centre forward in the league. Okay. So we've we've got we you know you've got pace, you've got strength, and yep. you've got a, a you've got a footballing culture in your side through Jovanovic, who I think is an excellent manager. Yeah. Um, that is far far superior to to the ragbag that we've got. We're just a ragbag of, of, of players who've been thrown together with no great thought, with no great idea of pattern. They were they were brought into the club because they were available, um, and you 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 can't you you can't play foot you can't pick a football team like that you know okay well let me ask you this because you've already mentioned just a little bit about this your midfield is would you call that a a place where there there are some players that could actually do some damage on on friday night at least like you said be busy it's the two it's the two wingers i mean you play you'll play mcgee and mcmanaman because that's the players i'm looking at right now well, they're contracted for next season. Um, yeah, I think they're contracted for next season, so they'll be staying. So he's playing them now, um, but they don't. They, they, McGeady on his day can be quite dangerous, but both him and McManaman they either give the ball away or, or run up blind alleys, or sometimes they do both at the same time. Um, and I just don't think we've got anything at all that'll threaten you. Uh, you know, I think that all you've got to do is keep your shape, which you play do very well. Um, you know, despite your, your hiccup against Brentford, you don't lose games. That in in our situation, we would have lost that game, uh, but you don't. You know, you, you got a draw, and then you came back the next week and and, and walloped uh, what I think is a, a, a very very effective Millwall side. Um, yeah. And uh, the only way that the only way that we'll do anything is if you if if if, if you uh, if you're so nervous and so edgy. But I don't think you will be. I think all you've got to do, you've played football for most of the season. You've played probably the best football after Wolves. And possibly as well as Wolves, you play the best football in the league and you've just got to hold your nerve and you'll win the game comfortably. Okay, very good there, Peter. Before I get your prediction, I, I do want to ask you about one match because I actually watched this for how poor the season has been for Sunderland. 
something happened against Derby County. Derby were atrocious. Let's put it like that. <laughs> Derby were absolutely shocking. They and were. They, they were a bag of nerves. I mean, I, was, I saw that game. I was there. They were a bag of nerves. Um, they couldn't defend. They had players who were all over the place. And they knew that they were, they were coming to the stage in the season where they implored. They, they do it every year. Um, they lost at home again on Saturday to Middlesbrough, which puts it into some perspective as well. It just it went for us that night. And we we played some reasonable stuff. We did play quite well. And then the next three days later, we got beat 3-1 at home by Sheffield Wednesday. So that that's just, in, that's just the way that our season's been. It's indicative of how we've been all season. Okay. All right, let's wrap it up. You've already pretty much said you've, you're expecting a, a full, comfortable victory. So what's your prediction? I think it'll be 3-0. 3-0. I think 3-0 would be, as I say, I would be delighted if we got away with a 3-0 beat. That would be, wow. that, would, that would suit me. <laughs> okay, Peter. Wow. This has been a very interesting interview. I'm not, I'm not used to the interviews being, again, from a perspective of a situation like this for Sunderland or, or for any other team. But I wish you the best with Sunderland in the future. And I really hope that it's a Wolf situation for you. But you mentioned well, this before. It really comes down to ownership. And unless does, you have the yeah. right ownership in place, you're not going to be able to go back up. And uh, once that gets taken care of, then you can start rebuilding. It's, it's, but it's difficult. It's going to be difficult, Russell, as I say. I, I, my, my worry is, I mean, the owner said that he won't put the club into administration. And I, I no. believe him. I believe that he won't. I think he would, you know, I think he would fear for his life if he did that. Mm. Um, uh, he, he won't do it, but I mean, he's funding the club to, this, to the tune of three million pounds a month out of his own pocket. Now right. he's a very wealthy; he's a billionaire. He's based in Texas, although he's from Missouri. And you know what's what's the slogan of Missourians? Show me uh, state. It's the show me state, isn't it? It is. It is. And Missourians, are, you know, I, I always tell the story of Harry Truman, who had the um, <laughs> had the uh, thing on his desk, which on one side said the book stops here, which it does. That's right. On the other side, it said, I'm from Missouri, which meant that if somebody was bullshitting him, he'd turn that round and that person would then know that they couldn't get past him. And uh, Ellis Short has, 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 not, has, has not lived up to his Missouri, his Missouri yeah. roots. He's probably more of a Texan in that he, 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 he says more than he actually does. Um, so uh, he's, he's, he's really got to sell the club. He said yeah. that he'll only sell it to people that he, he trusts. He's had one group of people who've been interested that he didn't think they were the right people for the club. Um, and I think he will do. I think he will do the best for the the best that he can for the club. Right. But he really does need to um, find somebody to buy it. But it's not an attractive proposition at the moment, I'm afraid. Well, uh, for your sake and the Sunderland supporters, I, I do hope he finds uh, a new owner that will buy it and take care of it and uh, and move it forward. We've seen this before. I've, we talked about Derby County. It happened with Derby County. Obviously, it happened with Wolves. It can happen. And the history of Sunderland, it deserves to happen. So, Peter, well, all, I wish uh, you uh, the uh, best uh, in the future. These are smaller clubs than we are, uh, Russell. That's exactly. The and, and their debts are nowhere, were nowhere near yeah. as big. Um, but we'll see. I think, for what it's worth... <laughs> I think you'll go up in the playoffs. I think you're going to. I, oh, I think you. Cardiff will sneak into second place. Yeah, it's a tough situation. It is, um, but I think that um, I know. I know. I've got some friends who are Middlesbrough fans, and they, they're saying, we, if, "If we're going to go up, Fulham have got to go up in second place." 
that's, that's their, they, they well, see that as their only way of going up because, because if we well, have to play, I got to be honest with you. Middlesbrough for me are a huge threat. Uh, they are a huge threat for me. So that's very interesting that you're hearing that from from Middlesbrough mm-hmm. supporters. I, I mean, I think any, I, I, th- I think that the, I think Aston Villa are a, a strong threat as well. Yeah. Um, and the playoffs, you know, I know they're a bit of a lottery. I think Middlesbrough are going to Middlesbrough are going to sneak in. That was an interesting result last night with Derby, wasn't it? Yep, it certainly was. It, it kind of kept the dream alive for us. It, it, it does, yeah, yeah. Who, who have you, you've got us, and then who's your last game against? Our last match is against Birmingham City. Well, that's six points, isn't it? You've got you've well, got a gimme there. Well, possibly, and then uh, their last two matches, Peter, are are against. Hull City on the road, which is a little tricky for them. They've just Hull, played, Hull played well recently. Yeah. Yes, they've been playing well, and then their last match is home against Reading. So That's my true. hope is the Hull City match. If I'm being quite honest, that could that and, could be it. Yeah. Yeah, that will. I think I think this weekend will be the big deciding yeah. moment if uh, for for second place. But we shall see. But listen, Peter, I want to thank you so much for joining me on Cottage Talk. I really appreciate it. Sorry about the technical problems. Not a problem. <laughs> If you Not want to read, I, I, I've written a piece. I do a piece for Salu Sunderland yep. uh, called The First Time Ever I Saw Your Ground, which will be up on the site tomorrow. Oh, fantastic. My, my first visit to Fulham was in 1967. Oh, that's great. So if you want to put your listeners onto that, they'd be welcome Absolutely. to read it. Um, it's, it's, it's a bit of a nostalgia fest, as they all are. Uh, but you, you're, you're more than welcome to, to pass that on. Um, best of luck for the rest of the season. Thank I you, think Peter. you'll make it. I think you've got a. I think you've got a. Ve- you've got a patient owner. He he could have he could have done an alley short and walked away. <laughs> Listen, Peter. Thank you so much for everything, and uh, I will make sure that uh, that post of yours, that article, uh, gets seen on uh, social media, on Twitter, and on Facebook. I'll make sure once you. Uh, okay. Thanks. Thanks for that. Pleasure to talk to you. Yep, yep. Thank you. Thank you very much. Bye-bye now. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Cottage Talk. For my guest, Peter Sixsmith, I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you, as always, for listening to Cottage Talk. It's the 90th minute, and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.